Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, fired up to bring you a big episode of Top Shelf Radio in a bottom-feeding political world. It's kind of a ladies' night on the show today. Dana Perino is going to be here, co-host of America's Newsroom. Multimedia sensation Katie Pavlich is in the house as well. Florida Congresswoman Kat Kamek. And, of course, your calls, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons at 888-788-9910. You know the rules as we get underway on a big Tuesday. They're the same every dang day. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. We don't really care. You can be an independent. You can be a libertarian. All we ask is that you don't be a <laughs> happy Tuesday, everybody. Uh, got a wild one coming up uh, on the telly tonight with Laura Ingram. If you missed me last night with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, uh, we did post clips from that on the Fox Across America Facebook page. But, of course, the big show at the White House this week is the repeal of Title 42. Now, we touched on this yesterday, but after we went off the air, the Supreme Court issued a stay forcing the Biden administration, okay, for the time being anyway, to stop the ending of Title 42, which, to be clear, is a victory for the American people. Why? Because Title 42 took a porous border and gave our border agents even less enforcement tools. Biden sucks. It really does. But basically the breakdown is we get going at the top of the hour today, and uh, we're going to spend a little time on this. I'll bring it up with Dana Perino. She's going to be here in this hour. Is It was Chief Justice Roberts. He ruled in favor of 19 Republican attorneys general, led by uh, Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, frequent guest on this show. And uh, essentially they had asked the court to act after a federal appeals court on Friday had declined to put a hold on a judge's ruling last month that had invalidated an emergency order known as Title 42. Policy was set to expire this Wednesday. Now, why is that significant? This was a Trump-era public health policy. It had been in place since March of 2020. It allowed border agents to turn away migrants at the border if they were deemed a potential health risk. This is talking about COVID. So you understand at a time when the Democrats are yelling at you to get vaxxed and boosted, at a time when they're trying to bring back mask mandates, Okay, they're also fighting to let migrants into the country completely unchecked. That's stupid. Use your common sense. So I want to start there because this is something you've heard me say before, but it drives me nuts. There is a real like, first of all, when it comes to COVID, it's all a show. It's absurd. Okay, you can't tell me this is a public health emergency in one breath and then tell me in the next that we can let in five million migrants Uh, with no health screenings whatsoever. It's kind of a little bit of a contradictory of terms. You know, if you're concerned about the arson problem in your neighborhood, you don't start handing out books of matches and gasoline. I think he's got a point. And I have great empathy for the people trying to come into this country, but what I'm trying to say is the Biden administration is the reason nobody takes public health initiatives seriously from the Biden administration. Correct the mundo. Okay, the contradiction there, the hypocrisy there. But to take it a step further, it's really the sociopathic indifference to human suffering at our southern border that just drives me crazy, man. I've been on this story the entire, you know, Biden presidency. When the guy got sworn in, what, January 20th of 2021? I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And I feel like we've been talking about the border pretty much every month since. Because if you remember, 
In February of 2021, they had a record level of crossings. In March, they had a record level of crossings. In April, they had a record level of crossings. And then what did Joe Biden do in May? He finally addressed it on TV by saying, oh, it's just seasonal. You know, it's the weather. They're coming up here because of the weather. These numbers aren't going to continue to rise. You're a bald-faced liar, a liar. Listen, Joe Biden campaigned on letting people in. He campaigned on saying, we could take 5 million. We could take 10 million asylum seekers. That's who we are as a country. Yay! Unfortunately, taking them in poses great risks to our country. Okay, poses great risks to the people that are coming here and being trafficked here in what is clearly a humanitarian crisis. Number one, it's straining our resources. Number two, we have to pay for this. We have to provide for this. We have to allocate funds on behalf of a government that's already $32 trillion in debt. We now have to subsidize the very existence of people who have come here illegally. Okay, I have great empathy, as I said. This is a country that's built on immigration. But the reason you're trying to hone in on legal immigration is because when people legally become a part of this country, that means they start financially contributing to the overall state of being. Bingo. Okay, you bring people in legally from all backgrounds, colors, and creeds. That's America. Woo, here we go. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. Okay, but in this instance, we have out of many, none. Bringing people in, but is anybody contributing in this instance? The answer would be no. So that's my first problem, is the strain on our resources. The second problem is when it comes to border enforcement, it's never what you say, it's what you do. And if you're out there letting people into the country who are coming here illegally, you can get on TV every night and say, don't come. You can get on TV every night and say the border's closed like Karine Jean-Pierre did yesterday. I'll play the clip. But when people come to this country illegally and get let in, they don't call home and say, don't come. They call home and say... They say charge because you're getting in. Joe Biden has turned our southern border into the college bar that doesn't check IDs. If you remember underage drinking in college, it's hard to get into a lot of bars. But if there was one that would like pretty much let you in with like a library card, within a week, every underage kid who could you know, possibly want to go to a bar was in that bar because the word had got out and that it was easy to get into. But here's Kareem Jean-Pierre with a straight face saying just because we're letting Title 42 expire doesn't mean the border's open. Here it is, clip one. We know smugglers uh, will try to spread misinformation to take advantage of these vulnerable uh, migrants. But I want to be very clear here. Uh, The fact is that the removal of Title 42 does not mean the border is open. Uh, Anyone who suggests otherwise is simply doing the work of these smugglers who, again, are spreading misinformation and which are which is very dangerous. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. And did you hear the word salad there? She got it in. Misinformation. These are buzzwords. When you hear Karine Jean-Pierre say, like, misinformation, dangerous. This is her giving the president's base permission to stop listening to the story. You understand, people that are liberal are the most intellectually lazy people known to man. Okay, their facts, okay, are their feelings. Their feelings are their facts. And if you tell them, well, it's misinformation, don't listen to these guys. They go, oh, how dare these guys with the misinformation. So we're not even going to pay attention to the border anymore. But you understand the border has become the leading cause of adult death in this country. The fentanyl coming across our southern border is killing more Americans between the ages of 18 and 45 than anything else in America.
Do you understand 30% of the women who cross our southern border illegally are sexually assaulted along the way? So when Corrine Jean-Pierre says, oh, you know, the real problem is misinformation, that is a callous indifference to human suffering. That is her saying, forget the story. Don't even listen. It's misinformation. It's just the right. Okay, and forget about that 30% of women that are getting sexually assaulted. Yo, in some estimates, 5 million people have crossed this border since Biden got into office. Okay, by math, half of them are women. That leaves you at about 2.5 million women. Okay, if 30% of those women get sexually assaulted, you're talking about 750,000 sexually assaulted women, and you're not getting a word out of this White House. You're getting go back to bed, America. This is misinformation. Okay, it's the... You know, the smugglers, they spread the misinformation. But I want to be very clear. Title 42 doesn't mean the border's open. No, no, no. Title 42 really doesn't mean the border's open. Everything else you're doing means the border is open. He knows what he's talking about. But here she is, straight up saying, oh, well, it'd be wrong to think the border's open. Clip two. It would be wrong to think that the border is open. It is not open. And I just want to be very, very clear about that. I mean, come on, Corrine Jean-Pierre. Seriously, let's talk about this. Because that is straight-up clown stuff. She's worse than Kamala. She really is. The straight clown stuff. Okay, here's a Democratic mayor in New York, uh, Eric Adams. Okay, he took time out of the nightclub circuit last night to give a quick Q&A up in the Bronx. Eric Adams is telling you, okay, this migrant surge of migrants being relocated to liberal cities is a national problem. Now, I don't know. If the border's closed, then how are illegal migrants being located to other cities, okay, if in fact the border is closed? How are people who are coming here illegally now constituting a national problem as they get located and relocated to, air quote, sanctuary cities that claim, no, no, we want to take these people. No human being is illegal. Okay, that's Martha's Vineyard. Welcome to Martha's Vineyard, where no person is illegal. You know, unless they get bussed up here by Ron DeSantis, in which case... Get him out of here. Get him out. Dude, they were out of Martha's Vineyard in less than 24 hours. A sanctuary city. Here's another sanctuary city, Eric Adams. Because again, when it comes to the Democrats, empathy is a brand. Hey, we care. We're looking out for these people. We're better than the Republicans. But when it comes time to accept these migrants, they're playing the old, I don't want them, you take them. Did you ever do that with a kid? That's like a thing in Jenny's family we always do with babies. Okay, we did it with Lincoln. Uh, We do it with my niece and nephews, those bozos. Uh, We will pick up the baby and be like, I don't want them, you take them, and give them to another adult. The baby will kind of laugh, and they'll be like, I don't want them, you take them, and we pass them back and forth. Okay, we're now doing that with millions of migrants. Democrats were singing, okay, open arms by journey. Come on into the country. No person is illegal. Open arms. And then the migrants showed up, and they're now singing separate ways by journey because they don't want them in their towns. That's just how white folks will do you. Eric Adams, not a white folk, uh, but echoing the sentiments of those white folks in Martha's Vineyard. Here's the mayor in New York City saying it's a national problem. Clip six. I've never been more frustrated now. This is a national problem. El Paso shouldn't be going through this. 
Chicago shouldn't be going through this. Washington, Houston, cities should not be carrying the weight of a national problem. This is unfair to all of our cities to have to go through this without any help from the national government and the state government. Ooh, I mean, what is he basically saying there? Okay, he's saying Biden should be doing more at the border. But according to Karine Jean-Pierre, the border is closed. That is a fact check false. Okay, so much so. Here's an ICE training video. It's making the rounds today on some of the news networks, at least the reputable one over here that I work for, where an ICE training video is admitting to trainees that the agency was so overwhelmed they lost track of 150,000 illegal migrants due to lack of processing over the summer. This is clip seven. You know, over the summer, uh, we had well over 150,000 folks come in. Uh, They were issued a piece of paper that said, go find somebody in ICE. And um, that was pretty much it. So there was no processing. I know this isn't something that you guys asked for. uh, and, And I can assure you that no one in the criminal alien program asked for it either. Uh, but uh, like you guys, we are uh, we're problem solvers, so we're going to uh, move forward and try to get this uh, this issue solved. What the hell is the world coming to? I mean, really think about that. Okay, the border agents who are normally supposed to be stopping drug cartels, human trafficking, you know, that 30% of women who get sexually assaulted, instead of doing that, they're filling out paperwork. And they've got so much paperwork, they've got so much processing to do, they can't even keep traffic of the migrants. Okay, folks, we've had that we know of at least 70 members of our national terror watch list, meaning people who aren't allowed to board planes, meaning people who will be apprehended by the police if, in fact, we find them. Okay, we know of at least 70 of them. That came across our border in the past year. That's not counting the ones who got away. So you understand when you hear things out of, you know, Karine Jean-Pierre that the border is closed. And you hear things out of the White House like, no, don't come. We got this under control. The real message they're saying to the American people and to be clear to the drug cartels is we are completely and totally full of You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the 
the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenix Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if you remember that border non-scandal, that was the Biden administration at one point trying to discipline and suspend our Border Patrol agents on horseback because they had claimed that they were whipping Haitian migrants. And we knew it wasn't true because the photographer who took the video said, hey, these are split rein horses. Nobody's whipping anybody. Please don't run with this narrative. And what did Secretary Mayorkas do? He got out there with a straight face, even after reading those emails, and said, oh, they were whipping people. This is bad. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Oh, my Orcas is such a loser. I was at a White House correspondence party uh, last spring, and I think I've told you the story before. I saw my Orcas waiting in line at a cocktail party to meet Don Lemon, a guy who would tell you securing our border is racist. I watched my Orcas fangirling over the idea of meeting Don Lemon at a cocktail party. That can't be good. No. I was like, oh, this is bad. This is the guy in charge of policing the border, and he wants to go hug it out with Don Lemon. I have questions. I have lots of questions, and I don't have a feeling that any of the answers are good for America. Okay, the fact that it took the Supreme Court to issue an injunction to enforce Title 42 is disgusting. Okay, number one. Number two, it undercuts all of the public health pushes this administration is currently making. Oh, you're going home for Christmas? Make sure you get vaxxed and boosted. Even though everybody who's getting boosted is getting COVID two times. Oh, you're flying? Make sure you put on a mask. Even though we have no studies whatsoever saying masks work. But the point is, as they're pushing public health initiatives on you and me, they're telling people coming here illegally it doesn't matter. That's the point of Title 42. It is a COVID-era health screening deterrent. Okay, the idea now that you and me as taxpaying citizens have to get out there and adhere to these public health guidelines while people coming into the country illegally can just come on down in the words of the price is right 
pretty much sum up this entire administration in a nutshell. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America Last. We'll discuss it with Dana Perino when we come back. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Joining us now in studio, here's a fun fact. Not only the co-host of America's Newsroom, not only the superstar co-host of The Five, but according to my driver home from Gutfeld last night, the most beloved Fox News passenger that he drops off, Dana Perino is here to accept her award. Hey, hey, hey. wow. (laughs) Check this out. You're not ready for this. Okay, so last night I was being driven home. And uh, a driver. Okay. Um, oh, okay. If you want me to name names, I'm yeah. only going to do this in one direction, though. Okay. But it was John. Okay. You oh, would know John Mercedes. Him. Yes. Who absolutely loves you, but out of nowhere, he's driving home in traffic last night, as he's wont to do at about 471 yeah. <laughs> miles an hour. the fastest driver of New York. <laughs> Every time he drops me off, they put like a wreath around his neck and give him a jar of milk like he won the Indy 500. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. But last night in traffic, you know, I always talk. I'm always polite. And I, I enjoy talking to him. And uh, he just started rattling off completely unsolicited. Who he likes driving home, okay? And, of course, he liked everyone from Fox. He didn't have a negative word to say about anybody. Uh, even Gutfeld. Not even Gutfeld. No, I well, know he likes Gutfeld a lot. He, he does yeah. like Gutfeld yeah. despite having to put the kid's seat in the back of the car. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a pain in the ass. got to buckle the thing in. <laughs> but he said, I'm not kidding, and I know he wasn't buttering me up because I'm a great passenger because I've spent so much time driving right. a cab. I have consideration. Right. And he's just like, you and Dana, man. He's like, I love, I love driving you and Dana. I'm like, oh, get out of here. And I, I, you know, I didn't tell him about our friendship because I was, he was giving me so much. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, you know the adage in politics, you don't interrupt your opponent if he's yes. in the process of self-destructing. Yes. You don't interrupt your driver if he's in the process of dishing dirt on other people. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, just fire away, John. But it was great, and I thought you'd appreciate that. that That's great. He's a great guy. Well, somewhere on the uh, 495, you are the wind beneath his wings. <laughs> and you should, you should take I'm telling down. you, um, okay, you know what, Unga? Remember that horrible traffic that week yeah. at the UN General yep, Assembly? Yep, yep, you remember yep, yep. very well. And the last day was Thursday, mm-hmm. and we've all suffered yeah. all week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So Thursday, all the dignitaries have left. So mm-hmm. there's still a little traffic, not too bad. And he was my driver that night home after the five. So that five, the show mm-hmm. ends at six o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. I live, uh, I don't know, about a mile and a half away. Yeah. I got, I walked into my apartment at 6.07 p.m. <laughs> Into my apartment, up the elevator and everything. And my husband was like, how did you get here so fast? And I said, that's John. (laughs) If you don't like the way John drives, stay off the sidewalk. I figure he must be a very safe driver because Mm -hmm. he shows up every day. I mean, he's never getting in accidents. He's the best. He is pound for pound as good as anybody. And I told him that last night when he was done. Uh, reading me his file on every Fox talent and NBC talent he's ever driven, which was fascinating, man. Um, I I commended him. I said, you know, driver to driver as a Mm -hmm. guy who's done this before. Because to add to your story about the U.N. General Assembly, I did famously wind up taking over for my driver. That's the best story. It's like the greatest story. But, I like, I again, I could see the guy. I was – what basically what happened is, you know, sometimes when the company can't get you a car, they, they contract it out to Lyft yeah. or Uber. Yeah. Okay. So I was getting texts from Uber because of the street closures. 
are you okay? You're not on the correct route. At which point I was responding, no, we're fine. There's street closures. And I volunteered my talents and drove the guy home. And uh, to my credit, I still tipped him even after I drove. Am I within my rights? Should I have been tipped? Settle this for me. No, I think that, no, I think that you're a, a man of generous spirit. Okay. And the other, one of the great things about you is that you are joyous in your work. Definitely a thing. And I was just saying, somebody had said to me, how are you doing? Like, your schedule's so tough. And I said, look, life doesn't get better than this. No. And I've, and the other thing is I'm very healthy compared to everybody else around here. Mm-hmm. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was, in, mean, what was in those bowling balls at the holiday party. <laughs> I honestly feel the healthiest I have all year, really. Yeah. And I think that was really after the election and the Patriot Awards mm-hmm. at Thanksgiving, I rested that weekend and I felt really good ever since. So I'm just, I know I'm living on borrowed time and these germs <laughs> will catch up to me eventually. But right now, no, everything is great and it's wonderful to work with um, everybody here. And also we're talking, we have drivers. Yes. I mean, bananas. Come on. I mean, that's what I mean. I, I have nothing to say to anybody but thank you. Yep, me people too. People come up to the other stream just like, hi, thanks. And they I know. Like, you know how you meet people who love Fox and mm-hmm. they'll say, keep doing what you do. Thank mm-hmm. you. We don't know what we do without you. Yeah. I'm like, no, turn that around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't know what we would do without you. In fact, no one, be, well, no one would be listening or watching. Although I will say we fought to a draw at the Patriot Awards. We all we, we all eventually needed to break that party up for everyone's safety. That Do you was... know that I took the six a.m. flight uh-huh. out the next morning uh-huh. when it was over, mm-hmm. and so they said, "Do you want to leave that early?" I said, "Oh yes, I do." <laughs> I would have left that night at midnight. I mean, it was so rowdy, and it was such such a uh, stampeding herd of happiness. To be clear, yes, but it is a stampeding herd. Do you know what it was one of the best things that came out of that for me? Uh-huh. Uh, becoming friends with Ennis Cantor Freedom. He's fantastic. What a human! Yeah, he's great. Have you had him on? Uh, I have not had him on this show, but I've done Kennedy show with him, and he yeah. was on. I was on Harris the other day, and he was on outnumbered. Isn't it weird chat. when you sit with him? Yeah, because he's like nine foot three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really weird for me. <laughs> yeah, you're actually sending him text. Messages. I have a collection of pictures with tall people. You do. And he asked me who else. I said, "Well, uh, uh, Scotty Pippen, mm-hmm. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, oh wow, and Dikembe Mutombo." Oh, is that true? And I said Dikembe, he said, "Okay, he's tall." Well, that- <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to use him as my transition here because Dikembe Mutombo, when he used to reject shots. He used to wag his finger at people. That was oh. his thing. Mm. And I feel like the Supreme Court kind of wagged its finger last night at this Title 42 situation mm-hmm. and that they're at least forcing them to uphold it for a little while longer. Here's my question to you without even getting into the legalese and everything. I feel like they're kind of undermining all of their public health initiatives, as they have been for quite a while, by pushing them on us but telling people to come in all willy-nilly. Do you feel like that cost them a little credibility in the issue? On the, the, the White yeah. House? Yeah. I think that this has been a disaster. Look, let's go back to the campaign, right? Mm-hmm. When President Biden said that – was he the only – didn't all of them raise their hand that said that they would provide free health care to immigrants? He might have been uh, yeah. the only one who didn't, actually. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking back. I'm thinking the Democrats have been signaling mm-hmm. since 2018, mm-hmm. when that primary started, that they were going to do everything opposite of President Trump yep. on immigration. Mm-hmm. Then they get here, and we have a serious problem. Everybody's coming across. Now, Title 42 is just a small part of what happened during COVID to say this is a law passed, I think, in 1929 that said – 
you can prevent people from coming in if you are concerned about communicable diseases. Mm -hmm. This is not an immigration policy. This is not your border security policy. It Mm -hmm. is one tool in the toolbox to tell people, no, you have to go back, and it should be used for public health. Mm -hmm. It should not be used to help protect Americans from people who are coming across illegally. Mm -hmm. That should not happen. But the White House, because they have to do everything opposite of President Trump, they went in initially and said, we want to get rid of Title 42. Mm-hmm. And then the states were like, well, but if you do, that means we're going to have X amount more. So then they slow walked it a little yeah. bit. And now the Supreme Court is saying, you have to put up or shut up right now. Mm-hmm. And the White House, they have to respond by 5 p.m. today. They were so, they were <laughs> floundering all over the place yesterday. I don't know what they'll say by today, but maybe, my guess is that maybe they'll say they need it for another three months and then they'll see if they can figure out a way to stem the tide. But look, even with, even with them knowing that title 42 is likely to go away, Mm -hmm. that's when you had 7,500 people in one day cross from in one place Mm -hmm. from Juarez to El Paso. Yeah, it's crazy. Dana Perino's in studio, superstar taxi passenger, (laughs) uh, fountain of gratitude here at Fox news. But it's true. I mean, if you were in the position of Corrine Jean-Pierre, as you have been in the past, you know, it's got to be a hard sell to get out there with a straight face and say the border is secure. Do you have to rehearse something like that into a mirror before you say it? I would it's never a- have done it. I, oh, thank you. I mean, you can't. I, I, I just wouldn't. Uh-huh. So when you're the press secretary, mm-hmm. you don't have any assets at all, right? Mm-hmm. You don't control the military. You have a small staff that you manage, but even you aren't really, yeah. not really in charge of them. <laughs> the president is, and um, you manage the staff. The only thing that you have is your credibility. Mm-hmm. And- my advice always to anyone who is in that role or a role like that is you have to protect it at all costs. Mm-hmm. And that might be, mean sometimes um, having to go in and use your power. You have power as the press secretary. Mm-hmm. So, for example, remember when the tennis player uh, Djokovic wasn't allowed to come in and play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we were watching the U.S. Open. or I was at the Kenny Chesney concert. Yeah. 54,000 people. Yeah, body to body. On the Friday night before the U.S. Open. I'm like, and Djokovic can't come to America? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. That was a Friday night. I said that. On Monday, not that she's listening to me, but everybody's (laughs) talking about Djokovic not coming. On the Monday, she gets asked by Peter Ducey, what about this world-famous tennis player that can't come in? And she says, what world-famous tennis player would that be? I'm like, Uh nope, no. So what I would have done on Friday for her, because I knew that story. I knew on Friday everyone's talking about Djokovic, and I'm going to have to answer that on Monday. Mm -hmm. I would have gone to the chief of staff's office and said, gasoline can in one hand a match in the other and said, I need a better answer by Monday mm-hmm. about why he's not allowed to come in, but we are doing X, Y, and Z. And if you don't give me the answer, mm-hmm. I'm going to light my hair on fire. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. I would always get the answer. You would, right? Or I would say this, Peter, that's a very good question. And I have put that question to my colleagues here. I didn't get a good answer for you. I'll work on it, and if I get one, I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. Nothing makes your your colleagues mm-hmm. get you an answer faster than calling them out in front of the media. Wow, that's a move. Dana it's a Perino. move, but you have power. Yes, and you have credibility. And do, who do you? And it also would help the president. Yeah, what's a great point? Make them get a better answer for him. If he's not going to give one himself, make the staff that works for him work on it themselves. I think it's a great point. And I, I think it really does speak to the, the difficulty of being president in this era in that 
I feel like Biden would have a lot more credibility than the American people if in certain instances he had utilized uh, a presidential wherewithal to – I'll give you an example. Say Afghanistan. Rather than trying to sell us on the fact that that was a successful airlift, what a president traditionally could do is put some distance between themselves and what we all know to be a catastrophic failure and just fire a couple of generals. Mm-hmm. But do you think in this era they're just – you know, they don't want to ever, ever concede defeat because of the impact it'll have in the short term. There is – this is not a partisan thing, right? Uh-huh. There's a new way of con- of approaching things, which is to never apologize. Yeah. That's not my style. Uh-huh. Like, I'd rather say, whoa, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. I learned from it. I'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. Thank you for yeah. bearing with me here. Um, but President Trump never apologized, right? Mm-hmm. And he would say, don't ever apologize to anything. And yeah. I think that the Biden people feel like that too. Yeah. Um, and it is difficult if, if you're in leadership mm-hmm. to say that was a mistake because you know how you got to that decision in the first place. Maybe mm-hmm. that just maybe that decision turned out to be wrong. Uh-huh. But sometimes if they would just explain to us the decision-making process mm-hmm. – so that we could understand how did you get to that decision, it yeah. would make it a little bit more understandable. Does that yeah. make sense? No, that actually does make sense. That would be a better way to do it. But that's the bigger point here is the power of the press secretary and even the power of the president to just level with people uh, would buy them so much more currency. And that is why Dana Perino is the number one passenger here at Fox <laughs> News. I'm sure there are other reasons. He didn't get into them because, again, I was getting too many details from too many other people. But I'll update you when I see you. I, I can't wait to hear. Merry Christmas. Merry ho, ho, ho. Christmas. Santa's coming uh, in spades for you, Dana Perino. Be by Thank that you. chimney ready to roll. <laughs> ready to go. You're the greatest. We're out of here. Back after this on the big, bad, one and only Fox Across America. You're listening to the funniest show in the North Pole. We all need to laugh. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. How about the great Dana Perino? I mean, man, few people have legitimized what I've done. I mean, no one, to be clear, at this news channel, uh, more than DP, uh, who is as brilliant and as respected and as appreciated as anybody here on the platform. And it was so funny to be in that car last night. I'm getting driven home after TV, after Gutfeld, and uh, the driver just starts out of nowhere just rambling off who he really likes at Fox. You know, he's driven a couple of Fox people. And he's the first thing he says. He's like, I really like you. I'm like, well, that's because I'm a cab driver and I feel survivor's guilt. So I'm, you know, like always over tipping and being over nice. And he's like, I really like Dana. I just, I like Dana. And I was like, you know what, man? It really matters to me when people get a cab driver's stamp of approval because cab drivers deal with enough of the public that they have a good horse sense. Like, that's my superpower. I don't know anything. But I told you the reason I can pull this show off is I own a politics to English dictionary. I understand human nature and I can translate what people are really trying to accomplish when they're speaking into a microphone to the American people. Very rarely can what they're saying be taken at face value. But I've got like the little decoder pen. Like, Do you remember it's the movie A Christmas Story is out right now? It's that time of year. He had the, re- the, the little orphan Annie uh, decoder pen, the Red Rider BB gun Ralphie wanted, which, by the way, that movie never gets made today. Oh, my goodness gracious. If someone walked into a Hollywood pitch meeting and was like, yeah, I got a movie with a lot of bullying and the kid wants a gun for Christmas, the woke executives would be like, he should be behind bars. Oh, they'd drag you out of there. 
That was a big story last night on Gutfeld. Okay, Steven Spielberg is is now apologizing. He has gone woke, and Steven Spielberg is apologizing because the movie Jaws created a negative connotation for sharks. That was embarrassing. I mean, beyond embarrassing. And why do I say that? Because it's not as if prior to the movie Jaws, people were happy to see a shark in the ocean. No one was sitting around being like, oh, goody, kids, a shark. Who wants to go for a swim? But that's what Spielberg did. He's like, I don't don't want to upset the shark crowd. I don't want to hurt the shark's feelings. Yo, I got nothing against sharks personally. But there's a reason if you pay money to swim with sharks, they put you in a steel cage. It's because the shark might eat you. Okay, again, one way or the other, the idea that he's trying to, you know, take the stand is him trying to be ahead of the next Hollywood backlash because there's a thing going on now in Hollywood where they're going back and they're retrofitting movies to today's standards. Two weeks ago, the director of Love Actually said, I just want to apologize. I regret the fact that Love Actually wasn't a more diverse cast. We need more diversity in the Love Actually movie is what we needed. What an idiot. And I really do mean that because the truth is people don't go to the movies to see social justice initiatives. And if they did, Billy Eichner's gay rom-com wouldn't have bombed so bad that you could stop by TSA if you carry a DVD through the airport. Okay, and it's not because we're anti-gay. Brokeback Mountain made $100 million and won multiple Oscars. So it's not that Americans were just anti-gay movie. Do you want to know what Americans are is anti-bad movie. I admire your honesty. Okay, and when it comes to retrofitting Love Actually, he was trying to be ahead of the backlash of looking back, it wasn't diverse enough. That's not why Love Actually was successful. It wasn't successful because it had an all-white audience. It wasn't successful because America was, uh, you know, racist. Okay, Love Actually was successful because women loved the movie and men wanted to sleep with them. So we pretended to love it, too. That's true. That is true. That's why it was successful. It had nothing to do with diversity. Okay, but Hollywood directors are trying to pander to what the next potential woke backlash is. Do you know the movie E.T.? I'm not even kidding. Steven Spielberg has re-edited the movie E.T. It used to be, if you remember, they had guns pointed at the alien in the last scene before he skips town. They really actually have edited out the guns in that scene. Because he thought, you know, there'd be some anti-gun backlash in Hollywood. So long story short, it's not in the movie anymore. I do believe in the modern version of E.T., Biden gives the alien a stimulus check, and then DeSantis ships him somewhere else. It's not even phone home. It's our phone Martha's Vineyard. (laughs) But the point is, we're back in the next hour with Katie Pavlich, and when it comes to movies, just like every other forum in America, everything woke turns to Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. There it is. To look who made it back to work. Hour number two of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. And I got to say, it is an embarrassment of Radio Riches, Katie Pavlich, Fox News contributor, multimedia sensation, uh, gun expert, by the way, which is always nice to have around when you live in New York City like me. It's a mess out there right now. 
fighting off all kinds of hobbits and time travelers and lunatics. Uh, but in this hour, uh, we're in a little bit of a fight with the FBI. I'm not going to lie. It is not pretty. The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. That very well may be the case, but we're going to have this conversation at 888-788-9910 as we roll on on a big Tuesday episode of the show. Cat Kamek batting cleanup in the third hour. And, of course, tonight I am going to be on the telly with the great Laura Ingram. Uh, that's a 10 o'clock show on the Fox News channel. And uh, she is thrilled to have me on. What a fraud. Oh, come on, Ingram. Don't do me like that. Well, right now, okay, in this moment of radio excellence as we get underway here, okay, the real fraud, the real scam, the real racket happens to be coming uh, from the FBI. Okay, make no mistake about it. So what we found out this week, it's the seventh dump of what is known as the Twitter files. This is Elon Musk has bought Twitter, and he's releasing the internal communications between Twitter and the FBI in the run-up to the 2020 election. And what we now know is that the FBI knew, knew, just, just make sure you understand me, the FBI knew the Hunter Biden laptop was real, but they went out and they blocked it anyway. That's not right. Okay, understand. Okay, the way this went down, just so we're all on the same page, every single person who yells at you about, like, oh, it's election interference. We've got to protect democracy. Oh, democracy's in danger. You don't understand. It's so bad, the democracy. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally full of crap. You want to know why? Because if you're worried about protecting democracy, you are losing your mind right now over the idea that the FBI actively interfered in an election. It's a, you know, it's a shame, you know. But, you know, when you read this, okay, and I'm going to read it to you, you understand that if the aftermath of the 2020 election, do you remember when Mike Pence was on our show? Mike Pence came on the show. He was talking about the book. He was talking about his relationship with President Trump. This guy will say anything. But to be clear, he wasn't slamming Trump. He was saying that his advice in the aftermath of the 2020 election was to concede defeat take the L and come back to fight another day, given that his policies were great for America, given that he did a lot of good during his time as president, and seeing as, yes, Joe Biden as a president is running the country into the ground. I agree with that. Okay, pretty much everybody thought that was going to be the case. So you understand, if Trump, we don't have like a January 6th, we don't have that thing at the Capitol, which again was bad in real time, we denounced it then, we denounce it now, But they have used January 6th as a justification for never covering the 2020 election again by selling you the notion that if people question the election, there's going to be violence in the streets. So we can't go back and look at this because that's, you know, it's undermining election integrity. And, you know, you can't do that. It's treason. If you say an election was stolen. I mean, obviously, nobody ever said that to these people. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Mm. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show 
that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. <laughs> Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. I'm surrounded by idiots. Do you understand? I play that clip a lot. Okay, that is every top Democrat telling you the 2016 election was stolen. Okay, they weren't concerned about undermining democracy when they were saying that. But they got wildly concerned when Trump started saying it. Why? Because they themselves had gone out and interfered in an election. Oh, wow. I can't say to you the 2020 election was stolen. I don't have that proof, and I'm a very responsible broadcaster. But the FBI, okay, played a pivotal role in determining the outcome, okay? These are the latest revelations from the Twitter files, okay? The FBI and intelligence community, okay, and I quote, discredited factual information about Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings. Hunter's a dirtbag. Okay, not only a dirtbag, but he's a dirtbag that sold influence in our government. Okay, and you understand the FBI coordinated with Twitter, pressured them. Okay, here it is. The writer tweeting in Monday's Twitter files number seven. We present evidence pointing to an organized effort by representatives of the intelligence community aimed at senior executives at news and social media companies to discredit leaked information about Hunter Biden before and after it was published. Story begins in December of 2019 when a Delaware computer store owner named John Paul J.P. Mac Isaac contacts the FBI about a laptop that Hunter Biden had left with him on December 9th, 2019, the FBI issues a subpoena for and takes Hunter Biden's laptop. That's December of 2019. Okay. He then goes on to talk about how the first, uh, you know, Hunter made tens of millions of dollars in contracts with foreign businesses, including one linked to the Chinese government. But during all of 2020, the FBI and other law enforcement agencies repeatedly reached out to Yoel Roth, the content moderator at Twitter, to dismiss reports of Hunter Biden's laptop as a Russian hack and leak operation screenshotting a sworn declaration by Roth discussing years of weekly meetings, warning of such an operation happening right before the 2020 election. So you understand, the FBI took the Hunter Biden laptop. The FBI knew it was real. But what they did, knowing this story might eventually come out, is they contacted places like Twitter and Facebook and said, hey, there's this laptop story running around town. And uh, do me a favor, if it comes out, just censor it because it's not true. Now, the people at Twitter at that point are like, oh, hell, we don't want any problems with the FBI. All right, we'll just go ahead and censor it. Never mind that they were happy to do something to help a Democrat because 99 percent of Twitter's donations politically go to the Democratic Party. Bingo. Okay, so they're all in for this sort of thing, and the FBI is giving them the cover to go do so. So in July of 2020, the FBI's Elvis Chan arranges for temporary top-secret security clearances for Twitter executives so that the FBI can share information about the threats to the upcoming elections. So the FBI actually gives people at Twitter top secret security clearances so they can back channel communicate with them about air quote threats to the election. Now, in this instance, the threat to the election happens to be the truth. That is correct. Okay, they're creating these security clearances so they can brief Twitter on what they're saying is a hack and leak campaign by the Russians, when in fact, it is actually true. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? They were uh, interfering in an election. And I bring that up, we're gonna discuss it with Katie Pavlich. Because you understand, if the DOJ 
would interfere in an election to stop Donald Trump from a second term. You damn well better believe that the criminal referrals passed down yesterday by the January 6th committee have the same political ambitions. How can we stop this man? Now, I want you to understand, I don't run the Donald Trump Radio Defense Fund. I don't defend any politician. I owe them nothing. Politicians work for us. Okay, but when the FBI is interfering in an election, you might think it's good for you because you're a Democrat and it helped your guy. But if you play the long game, you realize it's bad for all of us because America wasn't founded. We didn't go fight the British and win. We were 55-point underdogs in Vegas when we fought the British. No one bet America straight up to win the game. People thought we might keep it close, cover the spread, but no one had us winning outright, which we ultimately did. And the reason we fought that war is, you know, we wanted something called freedom. Yeah, we wanted freedom, but freedom to run ourselves, to be a self-governed people. We don't fight for these freedoms around the world so a bunch of D.C. bureaucrats can determine who wins and loses our elections. But what you're reading in these Twitter files is that's exactly what's going on. And the people in the media aren't even touching this. They're not even going anywhere near this. And Elon Musk has played into their hands, like big time. I said this last night on Gutfeld. Elon Musk, by taking political positions like, I want to fire Fauci. Yeah, we all do. But if you're buying Twitter under the auspices that the old regime was politically motivated and you're here to clean things up, the minute you start taking political positions on the other side of the aisle, okay, you give the new people the opportunity to discredit your reporting as politically motivated. That's true. That is true. So Elon Musk has played right into their hands, okay, but that's when you need to understand Elon Musk isn't buying Twitter because he's some free speech crusader and he's trying to save the country. Elon Musk invested $44 billion because he wants to make money off of this app. And he knows the way to drive traffic to this app is to be out there tweeting a lot himself, is to be out there releasing stuff like this that he knows will drive up engagement. But ultimately, him taking the positions that he has politically is allowing the other side to say, oh, Elon Musk, just some right winger. Who cares what the Twitter files are? And that's what the media is doing. The same media who said the Hunter Biden laptop story was fake in the run up to the election, only to turn around and admit it was real after the election, Okay, is now turning down any interest whatsoever in covering the newest revelations regarding the FBI interfering in our election. And oh, by the way. The fact that Hunter Biden was definitely selling influence in our government at a time that his dad was vice president. Are you the big man, Joe? Okay, the laptop says he is. The laptop says Joe Biden, the man who said he never talked to his kids once about his business dealings, okay, was not only talking to him about it, but getting a 10% kickback from those business dealings. The laptop shows him in pictures with Hunter's business partners. Okay, the laptop shows Hunter's living, breathing business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, not only setting up special keys for a special office for the Bidens, but speaking to the fact that Hunter was not only paying all of their bills, but actively telling people not to mention Joe's involvement because he gets paranoid about it. Okay, do you understand this was an influence peddling scheme? But the bigger takeaway here is that your own FBI interfered in your election. When you read reporting that 15 percent of Hunter Biden voters, excuse me, Joe Biden voters would have changed their vote had they known the Hunter Biden laptop story. You're talking about six, seven million votes in an election that was decided by about 50,000 votes. So this was a game changing penalty right here. And it wasn't called because the FBI is a scam and it was a problem then. 
and it's a problem now, whether people on the left want to admit it or not. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be chatting with the great Katie Pavlich in the next break. Going to help me pull the show together. Chance to a little banged up, a little congested. I went out to Fort Wayne, Indiana, drank beer and, you know, hugged a few thousand strangers. Great people, wonderful time. Uh, but I got to be honest, I might have, uh, you know, taken back the heebie-jeebies in my travels. <laughs> I sound a little banged up right now. Uh, if, you're li- if you're listening to my voice, I keep getting text messages like, are you okay? I actually feel great. Uh, but you know what I don't feel good about uh, are these Twitter follows. So here's Michael Schellenberger. He was on Tucker last night, okay, basically outlining what the latest revelations of the Twitter files show us. Now understand, Michael Schellenberger was the reporter that was given this round of emails to report back to the people. Here it is, clip 18. Well, we spent a couple of weeks looking at a lot of the internal emails and Slack direct messages among employees at Twitter. And the picture you get is one of existing FBI agents outside of Twitter and former FBI officials joining Twitter. You mentioned the former general counsel of the FBI becoming the the deputy general counsel of Twitter. Also, the deputy chief of staff of the FBI went to Twitter. In fact, there were so many FBI officials at Twitter that they had their own internal messaging system. They actually had their own cue card to kind of train people going from FBI to Twitter. And so there was this relentless pressure by external FBI agents on Twitter to basically adapt its uh, content moderation, also to share information. Then you had these forces inside Twitter, former FBI officials, particularly Jim Baker, who very strenuously argued for the censorship of the New York Post reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop and the emails which showed these very questionable business dealings with China and other countries. So what is he telling you there? Okay, the FBI, the FBI went out there knowing all of this to be true, and they were pressuring Twitter. Okay, they were briefing them. They had, infil, infil, not, I don't want to say infiltrated, they had basically former FBI agents like Jim Baker, okay, who were very strenuously pressuring them internally, saying we can't get this Hunter Biden laptop story out there. Now, you understand, why didn't they want the story out there? They didn't want the story out there. Because the story was true. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Okay, and that's the damage that could potentially be done. Here's James Comer. Okay, you've heard him on this show a lot. Talking, you know, okay, he's in oversight now. The Republicans took back the House. They're going to be taking the fight to this investigation. Here he is weighing in on the FBI working with social media. Clip 19. We have a crime crisis in America. This was the second biggest issue behind inflation uh, with midterm voters was the crime rates. And now we learn we have 80, at least 80 FBI agents who were assigned to try to find disinformation on social media platforms. The problem I have with all this beyond the fact that they never had the authority to do this, and this is a real example of the deep state here, is the fact that the FBI had the Hunter Biden laptop all along. They knew darn well that it was legitimate, and they knew darn well that there was information on there that was very damaging to Joe Biden's campaign for president. They knew that there was proof on there that showed the Biden family had been influenced failing with our adversaries for over a decade. I mean, think about that. 
They're selling influence. What market is there for Hunter Biden to be on the board of a Ukrainian power company if he doesn't speak their language and he doesn't have any background in energy? You know, unless you count cocaine use. But the point is, no. Okay, he was there. He was getting that money. He was wielding that influence because of his father's position in our government. Here's Corrine Jean-Pierre asked to comment on the latest batch of Twitter files. Here it is, clip 21. The latest Twitter files show that the intelligence community was actively involved in discrediting the Hunter Biden laptop story. Does it bother the president and those at the White House that a government agency like the FBI was involved in suppressing a legitimate news story? Again, I'm just going to refer you to the FBI. I'm not going to comment from here about that. Mm. Don't change the subject. Just answer the f-ing question. You know, it's worth pointing out that her boss has lied repeatedly about this question. Okay, if you remember in the run-up to the election, what did he use as a justification to dismiss the story? The 51 former Intel officials who, knowing the Hunter Biden laptop story was real, still drafted a letter saying it was Russian disinformation. This is politics as usual. That gave Biden permission to run on a lie. That gave the FBI the ability to determine the outcome of this election. And you understand if they're that corrupt, the fact that they're now prosecuting Donald Trump potentially, it's all symbolic garbage. He's not going to go to jail. But the point is it's politically motivated to the moon and back. And every time they yell and scream about undermining faith in our institutions, nobody, but nobody on earth has undermined faith in our institutions more than the institutions themselves. You are correct, sir. It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. They're playing Insane in the Brain by Cypress Hill. That song could also apply to anybody who still trusts the FBI at this point. I mean, this is bananas. And I don't know that a lot of people are making hay about this, but the reason I am is because I want people in both parties to understand the FBI is not supposed to elect the president. Okay, but what we're watching play out now in real time is exactly that. And the media doesn't care. Because nobody's playing the long game. Here is Matt Taibbi. Okay, he is the first person to report Twitter files. And he talks here about the backlash. Matt Taibbi, just so you understand, got to start writing for Rolling Stone. He's wildly liberal. Okay, he got famous trashing Goldman Sachs at a time when they were abusing, okay, the mortgage industry. And he trashed Goldman Sachs at a best-selling book about the vampire squid, made a gazillion dollars. He was a liberal. Elon Musk gave him the Twitter files in hopes that people would take them serious, seeing as they were coming from a liberal. Instead, everybody in the press just pretended he was a conservative. The media is a bunch of losers. Here he is talking about the backlash. It's clip 22. I don't know where they're all coming from. I mean, it's been pretty weird. I've gotten threats and, you know, there's there's been harassment and all that stuff. But that comes with the territory. I'm not going to complain about it. But certainly the the press backlash has has been all of the same type. I mean, it's been remarkable to see how they're all using the same language and everything. It's it's almost like they got a memo from somewhere, which is incredible. I don't know how they don't they think this isn't a story to, to see screenshots of you know where it says the fbi has asked you to to look at this and this and this um that's not a story i 
I don't know any journalist who would look at that and not think that a real journalist who would look at that and not think, well, that's cool. That's interesting. We, we got to we got to learn more about that. It's a weird time in our country. OK, because essentially journalism in this country is dead and buried. This used to be the kind of thing that would make a journalist career. You have the scoop that the FBI interfered in an election. That's a bombshell. That's the kind of thing. You know, when you think back to like Watergate, a guy like Bob Woodward has written a thousand books off of his role in Watergate. It was a career defining moment. But in this instance, people don't hunt scoops as a way of boosting their career. They hunt conformity. Let's just fit in. If we fit in, we toe the line, we push the narrative, we'll be accepted, we'll be liked at all the D.C. cocktail parties. Yay! And that's what they did. I mean, in theory, this would be the scoop of the lifetime. The FBI putting its thumb on the scale in an election, a major party nominee, okay, potentially compromised because his son is selling influence in our government. In a traditional world, okay, journalists are all over this because it would make, you know, it, it would make them like reporting royalty. But now it's just more important to fit in. Okay, well, joining me now, someone on the line who doesn't fit in anywhere, she goes, she is a standout in every sense of the word, a general in the fail of fashion mafia. Fox News multimedia sensation Katie Pavlich back on the show. Hey, girl. Hey, Jimmy. How's it going? You know, it's kind of going, but it's uh, towards a cliff, KP. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's uh, the you know, fast waterfall off a very tall cliff. Holy heck, man. And it's what's so fascinating to me is I was kind of talking about this before you came on. I don't know why, KP. I was I was unoutnumbered earlier, and now I'm very much in like, hey, you kids get off my lawn mode. I'm a little cranky today. <laughs> Could be the cold. I don't know. Fair enough. Fair but, enough. But in another era, okay, what we're learning about the FBI's involvement in the election, I mean, a, a smart reporter would want to chase that down and blow that up. Because they would get positive notoriety. But if we changed, like, the reward system for journalists now to you don't want to blow stuff like this up because it damages one party? Yeah, and it also is about being in, um, you know, a, a certain political class, Ooh. right, in Washington, D.C. And Washington, D.C. is a very far-left place. I think the White House press corps is only 7% Republican. The rest is Democrat or left-leaning. Mm -hmm. And— it's not just about their work. It's about their social life and their personal friends and all of that. So for them to, you know, be reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop may compromise their ability to go from uh, Christmas party to Christmas party in Washington when there are Democrats uh, in charge. And you saw that in Politico this week. It was amazing. They had a paragraph in there about how it just felt a little bit out, out of touch as they were gallivanting from ambassador residence to another residence in Georgetown. And maybe the press in Washington is out of touch. Mm -hmm. um, they are, but the problem is that they're concentrated in New York and in D.C. And therefore, um, these things don't get covered the way that they should. It is really crazy. We're talking to the great Katie Pavlich. It's just nuts to me. And especially because, listen, man, we've been to some of those parties. These aren't good parties. These are nerds. <laughs> It's, it's like, I mean, all the parties I go to are wonderful. Yeah, but that's Mostly you. because everybody likes my outfit. Yeah, well, you, but yeah, you dress good, you shoot stuff. Like, you're a good hang. I, I offer yeah, this. Yeah, that's true. Katie, I offer this argument on the road all the time. It's like, if you were not politically involved at all, okay, 
Um, and you had to choose between which party you'd rather party with, the Republicans or the Democrats. It's not even close right now. Like the Democrats would be yelling at people for like cultural appropriation because of their outfits and mad about the food well, I think you're it eating. It depends on what you're into. Like yeah. if you're like Hunter Biden, it's like you go to a Hunter Biden party, <laughs> you might have a pretty good time. I've seen what's on that laptop. I mean, it just really depends on what's, what what kind of party you're looking for. You know, if you're looking for a, a shaming on your social credit score. Then you go to, you know, like an Elizabeth Warren party where everyone accidentally dresses up like Indy <laughs> um, and then apologizes for it later. But if you're really trying to, like, get into the real party, you call Hunter Biden because he knows the guy. Yeah, you better bring it. You Just better make bring... sure he doesn't document it because he documents a lot. <laughs> isn't it weird? Much, isn't, yeah, isn't it weird that they photograph themselves that much? Like, that's always been so yeah, bizarre please, to me. Please stop. Like, wow. Play, that's ridiculous. Play a little defense, you know? And I a think. Too much. Yeah, how about it? Um, and I, we talk about that because, like, I think on our side, I think we have become, it's this weird thing, but they kind of gifted us the cool mantle in that the Democrats, when we were growing up, were the free speech party. They were the sex, drugs, and rock and roll party. And yes, you can argue that Hunter is keeping that alive, but the rest of them aren't. You know, the rest of them aren't doing that. And it's really bizarre. But I also think it's like, it's part of the reason we're in the position that we're in now, too, is that I don't think anybody realizes that what's going on with the FBI is so bad for both parties. But I don't think anybody plays the long game. But this is like real damage. And this is not us choosing who the president is. If the FBI is censoring something they know to be true, is that not the FBI, you know, interfering in an election? Not only censoring something they know to be true, but then lying about it Mm -hmm. being true, Mm -hmm. not pushing back when 51 former intelligence officers, including people formerly at the FBI, Mm -hmm. say it's Russian disinformation when the FBI knows that it's true. Um, And it's just bad for the country. I mean, when when institutions are no longer trustworthy, that means the people of the country do not trust them. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about a a democracy, as the left and Democrats often do, if these institutions can't be trusted to be fair and even-handed and non-political, mm-hmm. then nobody trusts the result. And we then go through a cycle after cycle of not trusting the result for a legitimate reasons, considering how much we know now about what the FBI was doing, who was working at the FBI. James Baker, of course, mm-hmm. who was uh, at the FBI during the dossier uh, saga and mm-hmm. pushed the ridiculous Russia collusion hoax on uh, Donald Trump for the entire span of his presidency, then going over to Twitter and working with the FBI to use a private company to subvert and go around constitutional rights that Americans have in this country. That brings up big questions about results of how um, the structure of power works. And it's, it's not a good thing today. And it certainly is not something that is sustainable long term. Uh, as people continue to distrust the very institutions that they're supposed to really be able to, you know, trust with protecting mm. them from terrorism, for example. Yep. Uh, and unfortunately, when they do these things, there are calls to defund the FBI to eliminate it. Um, and that includes all the maybe the good things that they do. It's, so it is a, a huge problem. Yeah, it's bad, Katie Pavlich. I, I grew up, you know, on Long Island, believing that the people at the top of government were like these infallible, flawless humans who just got out of bed, <laughs> calibrated. To and then pres- you stopped driving a cab and worked in media, <laughs> and now you're you know you're looking under the hood now, and you're like, oh my god. Oh no, it's not good. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh I got god. to stand behind the magician and see where he puts the rabbit and how he does the card. 
tricks. And I'm like, man, this is not a good show for the audience. This is not good, kids. We gotta get exactly. out of here. Exactly, it's bad. Sorry. Uh, let me you ask, don't recommend it to anybody. Yeah, no, nobody. Kids, kids, whatever your other dreams are. You know, you're supposed to tell people to follow their dreams. Follow their dreams as long as they're not this dream, because we've seen some things, man. We have seen some things, yeah. Katie. Um, let me ask you this: as a celebrated TV fashionista. Uh, have you had any suitcases stolen by cross-dressing members of the Biden administration? No, but you know what? One of my good friends had her suitcase stolen oh with some God. nice stuff in it. And I said, I have a suspect for you. <laughs> I, I think you may need to file a FOIA request for the video to look for the suspect. I think we know who it could be. And uh, one of my good friends, actually, who's hilarious, um, he texted me and he goes, yeah, you know, his his uh, wardrobe makes so much sense now that we know that he's just like wearing random women's clothing all the time. It's so bizarre. And it's like it's so it's like, weird. It's like a cabinet official. You know, it's like, a you know, for the nuclear agency. I mean, come on. This I, is why you can't hire based on checking boxes. You have to actually hire people with qualifications. It's well, absurd. No, it's so true, man. And, you know, like I would be so mad if I was a member of that community because he will actually color the perception of people in that exactly. community. And it, they never think about that. That's the one thing that, like, drives me nuts is, like, Corrine Jean-Pierre, if you needed to have a, a, per, a black person who was a lesbian be your press secretary, I don't doubt. There's a few thousand million out there that could actually do the heck out of the job. But I don't think you can watch her on a daily basis and walk away from this being like, oh, no, she's got this. No, no, she's got this. Oh, yeah. She's a total pro. (laughs) She's representing the the president well with her non-statements. But actually, you know what? She actually does represent Biden pretty well. She's (laughs) speaking on behalf of the president after all, and she does a pretty good job of doing that. That's fascinating. The border is closed, (laughs) by the way. Like she said that yesterday. Oh, it is. She's going to get a dry cleaning bill from a reporter who did a spit take in the front row when she said the border was closed <laughs> like how do you pull that off you know they're just lying and then and then i love how they're trying to save themselves now by claiming that it's republicans who are holding up a billion dollars in funding mm. to help with the border crisis and if they vote against it they're the ones who are responsible uh, when they refuse to change the policy which is really all about you know reforming asylum claims saying not just saying the border's closed but actually acting like it it's yeah. like they just want to manage people coming through it's like you turn yourself you do and you do some paperwork and then you get to go wherever you want in fact the federal government will pay for your bus ticket or your plane ticket to any city in the country and, but it can't be martha's vineyard it's the <laughs> only place it can't be it also nantucket's off the list everywhere else <laughs> Free, free to go. Isn't it, is it amazing how quickly, like, I look back, that was like my favorite story of this year, is how Martha's Vineyard has that huge sign up that says no person is legal, everybody's welcome. Yeah. They weren't even there 24 hours, dude. Like, they were. Well, the best thing is that, you know, all the, the liberal white women at the end hugging yeah. them goodbye and crying <laughs> like they're doing them a service because they're sending them away. You know, they're like, we don't have any resources here for you. It's like, oh, yeah. Uh, but, of course, you're not going to welcome them into your house. Why would you do that? <laughs> You know, we're we're just a place that houses uh, 1.2 million people every summer. We can't fit the 24 of you. We're sorry. <laughs> like, sorry. You have to go immediately. <laughs> Dude, it is nuts. Everybody's... No nice hotels for you. Oh, everybody's so full of it, man. It's amazing. No beachfront property view. Oh, hell That's no. They're, they're in a mil- and you know what? Nobody's even, like, followed up on them. They got sent to a military base. Who even knows where they are? Nobody cares. Like, the story's over. They got them out of town. Their work is done. Um, yep. Let me ask you this. Uh, you know, a Pavlich Christmas. Do you go out and shoot a Christmas goose? How does this go down? <laughs> well, it's actually very on brand because for Thanksgiving, we had Axis deer, 
mm-hmm. that we actually got in Hawaii in, in the spring. And then a couple of Thanksgivings ago, we did moose. So usually turkey for, for Christmas okay. uh, for us. But I respect yeah, that. it should be fun. No, no, the yeah. fail is ready. Like, I'm, uh, this is a thing. Like, um, I'm trying to hold my life together because I got to do New Year's Eve. And traditionally, like, I gained so much weight in December. Like, I don't want to look like a talking ham on TV. So. <laughs> That's a good bit, though. I, I know, mean, but I'm tr- a, I'm trying to. That. Well, I'm trying to play some defense. Unless I get like a unless I get a sponsorship from Honey Baked Ham, I'm going to keep losing weight this month. Uh, <laughs> but but I am. We were talking about who you want to party with. I am the guy to party with after New Year's. Once I get this broadcast out of the way, my January sixth through January sixth, uh, like tenth, I'll be lucky to live through it. It's going to get nuts, KP. I mean, that's a a bold Jimmy move to say, I'm the person who's going to lose weight in December. I mean, that is quite the goal. I admire that. I'm I'm actually doing it right now. I mean, partly because I'm just wearing bigger shirts, so it makes your face look thinner. (laughs) But nobody needs to know that. Now we're back behind the magician. This is where we started. All right, Katie. we got to wrap this up. Back to the Wizard of Oz. Ho, ho, ho. You're the greatest. (laughs) Merry Christmas, pal. Merry Christmas, Jimmy. See you soon. You too. There she goes. The great Katie Pavlich. There we go back after this. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Introducing Woke Christmas Classics, the holiday series designed to make sure you don't get coal in your stocking from the outrage mob. What I want for Christmas is a Red Rider BB gun with a compass in the stock and a single tail's top. Cut, cut, cut. Whoa, whoa, we can't give anybody a BB gun for Christmas. We'll get canceled in a second. All of your favorites have been remade along woke lines so there can be peace on Earth with Frosty the Snow Person. And the all-new It's a Wonderful Life. So check your white privilege. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Woke Christmas Classics, selling out fast around the country. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Had a funny clip I wanted to share. Don Lemon is on CNN on his little morning show. They kind of kicked him out of prime time. And he was pushing back on criticism that CNN is fake news. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastard. Well, he was selling it. Here it is, clip 33. I'm not exactly sure. First of all, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I'm not exactly sure of how that played into people going into the Capitol uh, and rioting on January 6th. Um, there's nothing fake about CNN. Oh, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, fake news. I'm just saying ramping people up and increasing division during that period of time. Just watching people kind of fall down the rabbit hole and be pushed into action and, like, just, yeah, falling down the conspiracy rabbit hole. Yeah. I think people, more people would uh, consider, you know, what's happening online and um, the, what happened with the former president and the messaging that he was putting out there and QAnon and so forth. Are you stupid or something? Oh, the president QAnon. Nobody knows what QAnon is. 99% of the people think it's QBert, the video game. The hopping purple guy. Nobody has any idea. Nobody on the right follows QAnon or cares. Okay. Don Lemon, you understand, in trying to say, oh, we weren't stoking division. We weren't ramping people up over Trump. Then why did CNN's ratings fall off a cliff when Trump went away? I think he's got a point. I mean, really think about that. They were the 24-hour anti-Trump channel. 
Okay, if Trump got a salad with Russian dressing, they were like, collusion! Why would he get Russian dressing and not Italian? Trump watched Rocky IV. They're like, oh, the one where he fights the Russian? Why wouldn't he fight Rocky One, Two, or Three? Probably because they were black fighters. We know he's a racist. Like, that's what they were doing. CNN is the worst. Oh, they really are. And they're paying. You know, they're getting the bill for that now. But you understand the damage people shamelessly do in this country. It really is, like, disgusting. Because when you get out there and you tell everybody, like, the president's a Russian, it's the biggest conspiracy theory of our the history of our country. Okay, a lot of people's emotions are their facts. So they embrace this stuff as true, and everybody's ready to kill each other because of these jackasses in the media. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up for a big hour, a plus-sized hour of Fox Across America. It's one of those big hours. You know, you know, you got to go to like Sam's Club because it's a bigger box than they'd sell in a normal store. You got to join a membership to get this hour of radio. Have you ever had a checkup? No, I haven't had a checkup. You know who else hasn't had a checkup? Our president. And uh, we're going to cover that in this hour. Kat Kamek is coming by. She's a superstar congresswoman from the great state of Florida. She's going to talk about this omnibus spending bill that the Republicans are trying to go along with. Despite the fact that we just won back control of the House, Republicans are negotiating a spending bill while the Democrats are still in charge. Now, what the hell was the point of voting in the midterms if you weren't going to use the newfound control that you were given by the voters? Okay, this is why people hate politics. This is what we're going to discuss in this hour. 888 9910 if you want a piece of this thing. Uh, But one way or the other, uh, we got a lot to cover. So let's do it to it. Let's do it to it, as the kids like to say. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? So let's start here, uh, because Joe Biden yesterday was in Delaware. And uh, he gave a weird rambling speech about his dad and his uncle got a purple heart at the Battle of the Bulge. And we don't actually have any proof that his uncle even fought at the Battle of the Bulge, nor do we have any proof that he got a purple heart. Biden's lost his marbles. But he speaks, um, you know, with this dereliction to his, you know, duty to tell the truth because the media has conditioned him to believe the referees are always going to swallow their whistle. They're not actually going to be like, by the way, this isn't true. What's wrong with this guy? When the rest of us are watching this stuff every day and basically saying to ourselves, this man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Okay, and our enemies on the world stage, okay, do not form their opinion of Joe Biden based on what the mainstream media tries to depict him as. They form their opinion based on their own eyes and ears, which brings me to this clip I'm about to play. It is clip 34. You know, I, uh, my dad, when I got elected vice president, he said, Joey, Uncle Frank fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He was not feeling very well now, not because of the Battle of the Bulge, but he said, and he won the Purple Heart, and he never received it. He never, he never got it. Do you think you could help him get it? We'll surprise him. So he got him the Purple Heart. He had won it. In the Battle of the Bulge. And I remember he came over to the house, and I came out, and he said, present it to him. Okay, we had the family there. 
I mean, folks. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. Did his uncle win the Purple Heart? Was his uncle alive at the time he became vice president? Okay, but he's still out there telling this story. And nobody in the media is being like, hey, this is a little weird. Folks, there are a million examples of this. And I bring it up a lot because it happens a lot. Okay, on the world stage, if you don't think our enemies are emboldened, you know, the amount of rockets they're shooting in North Korea, China surrounding Taiwan right now, obviously what Russia's doing in Ukraine, it's a really bad situation right now because when they look at America, the team nobody wants to play, they realize the guy driving the school bus shouldn't be behind the wheel. It's like you can conveniently dismiss this as like, ah, Republicans are trying to make them look bad. This is a guy who shakes hands with invisible people. Okay, sadly, he was calling out Jackie Walorski four months after she died at a bill signing. Not a great look. Okay, obviously, you've been watching all these videos of him getting helped off of the stage. The point is, the guy's in no physical capacity to do this job. I don't wish him any ill will. It bothers me to watch what he's going through because I had an uncle go through the same thing. The difference being is my uncle wasn't president. Well, my uncle Sonny would have made a good president, though. He actually would have been solid. He was a Marine. He was a cop. Liked to drink scotch. <laughs> he, wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been MAGA. He would have been MADA. Make America drink again. My uncle Sonny. Or MAGA for Sonny would have been golf because he was a golf, you know, who's a phenomenal golfer. Uh, But Biden is the president, and he's a mess. And at a time when the Democratic Party is weakened because they lost their majorities in Congress, okay, especially, specifically in the House of Representatives, we still have, okay, Republicans, a lot of them pushing internally to sign an omnibus spending bill at a time when we're not up against a deadline. We haven't properly vetted the $2 trillion they're gonna spend at a time of great inflation, at a time when printing and spending money is only driving up inflation further. Thanks, big government weenuses. A lot of D.C., you know, Republicans, swamp Republicans, are ready to go along to get along. Because the one thing that always has bipartisan support is spending money. Spending money is popular in politics because you come back to your district and you're like, hey, I got us a bridge. Hey, I got us a new playground. You know what I mean? Hey, I got us a new stripper pole. Hubba, hubba. I don't know that they did that. But the point is, okay, they love spending money. It's always popular with politicians. And whoever is in power, the other party's like, oh, they're spending us to death. And then they get in power, and what do they do? They spend us to death every damn time. He knows what he's talking about. So Kevin McCarthy, who is battling to be the new Speaker of the House, does not quite have a solidified, consolidated path to victory yet because there are, to their credit, Republicans like Representative Andy Biggs of Texas who are holding out on supporting this guy because, you know, of Arizona. What I say, Biggs was from Texas? Oh, my God, from the fighting 5th Congressional District of Arizona. Who doesn't know that, Andy Biggs? Uh, I'm telling you, I need, I, need some, I need a checkup after all that's gone on this week. But here is McCarthy now finally pushing back on the idea that Republicans would would pass this bill without their majorities in place. It's clip 35. Anonymous Republican Senate voices 
people uh, who are afraid to speak on the record. They're saying that Kevin McCarthy really favors the omnibus spending bill and really doesn't want to get down to business right away. What is your unequivocal response to that? That's a lie. Hell no. Why would you move forward? And you know this better than anybody, Larry. They're going to raise another $100 billion on your baseline. They're going to take away our opportunity to secure the border, to become energy independent. Because when these appropriate bills get passed, remember what's happening here. Leahy and Shelby are writing it. Two senators who won't be there in 15 days. We now have a stronger hand we can play with the Senate and with the administration because we will have the gavel. Thank you. Okay. So you can't be voting. You can't be passing this when you're at a deficit. Okay. The voters have spoken. They want Republicans to control the House of Representatives and they have the power of the purse. So this idea that any Republican in D.C. would be, you know, Ignoring the will of the voters. Okay, this is the problem with politics. We got to such a hyperpartisan place under Trump, you know, where everybody started rooting for their party harder than they rooted for their country. Now, to be clear, the people who supported Trump were very much rooting for their country. Trump ran on an America first platform. Okay, yes, a lot of you didn't like his tweets, but every single thing he did put the country first. Maybe not ahead of his ego, maybe not ahead of his impulses when it came time to tweet and pick little petty fights. But in terms of a border wall, in terms of not giving all our money to NATO, even though our allies don't actually participate in funding NATO to the extent that they're committed to, you know, getting out of the Paris climate change agreement that was decimating our manufacturing base, okay, while other countries weren't even adhering to the terms of the non-binding agreement. Trump was doing things like cutting taxes, like, you know, trying to pump money into our military, things that put America first. You don't have to like him. That's not my job to make you like Trump. But his policies were better for you than what the current guy happens to be doing. The current guy happens to have inflation at a 40-year high from all the print and spend economics. Is that better for you than the previous? The answer would be no. Okay, the current guy is outsourcing our energy production to third world dictators in Venezuela. Is that actually helping you? The answer would be no. No, it's bad. Okay, murder rates at a 35-year high. Assuming you're not a gang member, I'm going to go out on a limb and ask, is that better for you? The answer would be no. Understand, Biden as a president is a disaster. Like, the media can prop him up. They can tell you this is good. Okay, but the problem in our politics now is people got so hyper-partisan, they will try to prop him up. They will try to say that what Biden is doing is good. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Okay, because they just want their party to win. I just want to beat those Republicans. But understand, on the Republican side, there's a lot of people that just want to beat those Democrats. They don't want to call out their own party. I am telling you right now, I am not an activist. I'm a talk show host. If these Republicans go sign a spending bill, I am going to trash them up and down and sideways. And I don't want to hear a word about, like, hurting our momentum in 2024. People are suffering right now. I don't care about 2024. I don't care about one side winning over the other. I care about the country. My side is America. And that's what everybody's side should be. Sadly, nobody's side is America. People root for their party harder than their country. I'm not saying you do. But a lot of people do. This is what it's become. It's become a team sport. But the lesson to be learned here from Republicans taking back the House but still being willing 
in big numbers to go along with this spending bill is that you and I are watching pro wrestling in suits. That's what we're watching, pro wrestling in suits, with the exception of Fetterman. He's still dressing like it's pro wrestling. But stick with me. Okay, you know you go to a pro wrestling match and the macho man, his fans are out in the parking lot fighting fans of the Ultimate Warrior. They're beating each other up. Meanwhile, the macho man and the Ultimate Warrior are over at Hooters checking out some girls. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Okay, that is the D.C. swamp. The voters are killing each other. Oh, screw you, Republicans. Oh, we got to own the libs. But what are the two parties doing while we fight in the parking lot? They're essentially going over to Hooters. They're essentially spending money, going to a lobbyist dinner on K Street, and being the best of friends. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, and that's the scam of this moment. The Republicans go along with this bill, okay? I'm going to talk about it. And it's not because I'm like a rhino or I want to hurt the party. It's because I'm the one guy with integrity that wants to help the country. Okay, I don't view this job as entertainment. I understand it can be entertaining. We tell a lot of jokes. We play a lot of song parodies. We've got all these, you know, I bring on my family, talk about how I kick my kid's ass in Madden. Shut your mouth. But the point is, yeah, you might be entertained. You might enjoy this. But I'm trying to use this platform as a source of good, as a force multiplier of reason and, and, you know, positive energy and get people to reinvest in the country instead of their, you know, particular party. Because the way we're doing it right now isn't working. The quality of life is compromised in every way right now. It's bad. Okay, and you can't give Republicans a free pass because you don't like Democrats. Because if a Republican is going to go out and sign a Democrat omnibus spending bill, you can't actually tell me there's any difference between a Republican and a Democrat. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. The show that meets you under the mistletoe. You have to keep finding ways to connect with these people. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be hanging with one of my radio buddies in the next block, Cat Kamek. Superstar representative from the great state of Florida who is going to weigh in on this omnibus spending bill, which is a scam if ever there was one, swampy as swamp can be. And, of course, we'll get a take on this January 6th nonsense. Okay, Adam Schiff, Jamie Raskin, Liz Cheney motioning yesterday to make a referral to the Justice Department against Donald Trump. Now, to be clear... Trump is not going to jail. This is theatrical. They're trying to hang this over his head. These charges come from the same FBI that has just been caught interfering in the 2020 election through Twitter. These charges come on behalf of the same people, Adam Schiff, uh, who told you there was definitive proof of Russian collusion. The point is it's all a scam. Now, Andy McCarthy was on Fox yesterday weighing in on this. And I want to play you McCarthy's sound specifically because you need to understand Okay, McCarthy's one of the guys that gets my channel trashed by Fox quite a bit because he's not afraid to call out Trump when he's wrong. Okay, what people don't understand about Fox is the everything we're being accused of doing, like being in the tank for one side, is actually happening on all the other networks doing it. That's true. That is true. Okay, when was the last time you saw a CNN 
taking the fight to a Democrat. When was the last time you saw MSNBC taking a fight to a Democrat? They're just partisan shills. Okay, we get in trouble all the time if we don't take Trump's side on a particular issue because you understand our side is not Republican. Our side is the truth. Our side is America. So McCarthy, a guy who does call balls and strikes and sometimes can run afoul of Donald Trump, okay, spoke yesterday about these referrals and how they're going nowhere. It's clip 30. The Justice Department took the position that he was basically a pretext for things that these militia-type groups were planning to do anyway. Uh, So the Justice Department, in order to prosecute Trump at this point, Um, for inciting or aiding and abetting the incitement of the Capitol riot, they would have to completely unwind and reverse the position that they've taken for about two years uh, on these cases. So, and and the, the other thing about that is the committee knows that, uh, and yet they don't, they haven't addressed it, they don't address it. Um, You know, in connection with Trump's speech, he took pains in the speech uh, to say that, you know, he wanted them to march peacefully. The fact that the committee doesn't broadcast that he said that doesn't make that go yeah. away. So, you know, again, this is a theatrical exercise more than, you know, a real hearing process. Get it? It's symbolic. Here's Trey Gowdy. He was on Special Report, kind of echoing those sentiments, clip 31. It's utterly worthless. It means absolutely nothing. I, I mean, let's think about what we're talking about today. The FBI, which is the world's premier law enforcement agency, is monitoring social media for mean tweets, while Congress, which has no authority to investigate or prosecute crime, is making charging decisions. I mean, that's where our country is. It is not Congress's job. I think Andy is right. It actually, I used to tell my colleagues this, do not inject politics into criminal charging decisions. And that's exactly what they've done. It's utterly worthless. It is not worth the paper it's written on. Here's my last question. Why does the FBI or DOJ need Congress to provide it with information? I mean, what's their budget for? Why do they need Congress to say, here, let us give you the evidence? Go find it yourself. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It really is such a scam, though. But this is where you need to understand if they had criminal grounds to charge Donald Trump, they would have done so already. It's all politics, kids. The DOJ, let's say you walk down the street and you shoot somebody. The Justice Department doesn't go, well, I don't know if we should charge this guy or not. Let's uh, form a special committee and see if they'll recommend how we should do our jobs. This is all symbolism. It's all garbage. Okay, and... Yes, they conducted this committee for the first time in the 246-year history of our country with no representation from the minority party. Normally, they conduct a panel where each party conducts a few panelists, and then each party has the wherewithal to cross-examine witnesses. In this case, it was a trial with a prosecution and no defense, and now they want you to take them seriously, but you can't because they're crazy. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. I just back, got back from the Summit City Comedy Club in Fort Wayne, Indiana. But if you were down at the Bricktown Comedy Club the previous week in Oklahoma City, you heard a guest in the front row start randomly uh, shouting out 
his favorite guests on my radio show, one of which is joining us now, a superstar congressman from the great state of Florida. We knew it was time to take this man's keys away when he said he loves Kat Kamek. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Dude, I I know I messaged you about this off of the air, but it's the funniest thing in the world that this guy got random Tourette's. And it wasn't like, like, Kat, I didn't say, like, who do you guys like on the show? He just started yelling, Cat Kamek, it's so great when you're on with Cat Kamek. I enjoy it. And I was like, I'm glad one of us does. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jimmy, don't do dirty like that. <laughs> you know I love you, girlfriend. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Isn't it amazing that we are able to still say it in this crazy world that we're living in? Yo, NASCAR got in trouble because NASCAR sent out a happy holidays message. And their fans were like, oh, hell no. I mean, come on, NAS- NASCAR. If they can't say Merry Christmas, who can? <laughs> Stupid. Oh, I love it. Well, you know, Jimmy, I am a fan of what I call subtle trolling. You know, it's like when I put the flag of Israel next to the American flag outside my office in Washington and one of my neighbors who happens to uh, not appreciate the state of Israel, she has walked past it every single day. I consider that subtle trolling. So now that I'm being forced back to Washington, D.C. this week to vote on this garbage bill Thank you. that, you know, Nancy and uh, Biden and company, they want us to, to vote on. I just keep telling them, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And I, at one point, I'm sure their head is going to explode. <laughs> Kat Kamek is in the house, and she is causing unrest in the Capitol. Um, <laughs> you know, when you said there was members of Congress that don't appreciate Israel, in my head, I have not narrowed it down. There's a lot of them, actually. Uh, <laughs> there's an entire squad that thinks, you know, uh, I don't want to get too far off message, but just stick with me. Okay, what was the point of having elections if we're taking back control of the House, but we're going to let the Democrats, while they still have majorities, define what we're spending? Oh, this is the this is the insane part of it all. I mean, not only is this a 4,100-page bill that we just got today that and, and and I know I'm blonde and short and, you know, am, am absolutely challenged when it comes to driving directions. <laughs> but I can read, and I can read fast, but not that damn fast. So if you can't read the bill, you shouldn't be voting on it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why we're pushing for 72 hours at least to be able to read the bills. But then you look at all the craziness that's in here. Nancy Pelosi in her last hurrah wants to stick it to us and say, even though I lost the gavel, I'm going to still dictate to you, Republicans, what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And I'll be damned if we let her do it. So every Republican, I don't care how conservative or how moderate you are, you need to be voting no. And for all the retiring members, you got nothing left to lose except your country. So you might as well vote no and do the last good thing that you can while you're in office. And I encourage everybody listening, call your members of Congress. They'll be in Washington tomorrow. Blow their phone lines up. That is what we can do to help save Christmas from the Grinch, a.k.a. Biden. <laughs> Kat Kamek is on the line, telling it like it is. This is why this is why people develop Tourette's at my comedy shows. <laughs> this is why I have one fan in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, man, there might have been more of them. I was seeing double, though, so you can't really count. You can't count my <laughs> estimations. I was in bad shape. Well, you know. Jimmy, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I mean, seriously, were, were you doing the thing again that we talked about you shouldn't do? Did this person actually exist? <laughs> no, he did. He actually gave me uh, not only give me some gifts for my for my uh, my, my show. He gave us a plaque of because he's from Commerce, Oklahoma, the great Alan Cole. And uh, he wow. gave me an autographed Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris plaque because he's a big Yankee fan. And me and Brian Brenberg, one of my other favorite guests that he was yelling about on the air, uh, happened to like Mickey Mantle quite a bit. And you know why we argue that Mickey Mantle's the best home run hitter, Cat Kamek? Because Mickey Mantle was day drunk during every game, so he was actually <laughs> facing two pitchers at once. You know? Like, you, you hear those home run records from guys like Hank Aaron. He was going one-on-one with the pitcher. Mickey Mantle was, you know, seeing two or three pitchers at a time. I would argue it's much more impressive to hit 536 home runs against two pitchers than it is to hit 755 against one, wouldn't you say? You know, that is pretty damn impressive, although I am a little bit biased because, you know, I think of people like Pete Rose, who mm. their claim to fame is trucking as many people at home plate as humanly possible. And that's <laughs> what I strive for when I'm playing in the congressional baseball game. <laughs> are, you, are you bowling over catchers? Is that how it's going down? Yeah. Haven't you seen the video, Jimmy? Listen, I've seen the video. I've also seen the video of your pregame dance routine. Like I said, Kat Kamek, you are the favorite on a new reality show called America's Got Issues. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Lord. But in a good way. But in a good way. You know I love you. You have no greater fan. I mean, I didn't divulge this to our audience, but you might have sent me a picture of a former rodeo queen uh, on horseback uh, several weeks back. I'm not going to name names of who that rodeo queen might have been. <laughs> well, we were talking about, you know, the queen energy that we were putting out there. Yep. And uh, I think it was in relation to your white cowboy boots. Yep. Is that what it was? Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good job. But I Very sad. Yeah, you are pro white cowboy boot, and that's important to know to our audience. They need to know these things. New boot scooting. New Thank- boot scooting. Hey, girl. Well, let's talk about this. We're talking about cowboys. We're talking about riding horses. Okay, we famously yeah. got rid of mounted border patrol because of a hoax about border patrol agents whipping Haitian migrants. But I bring up the border not just get back to that gaslighting, but because this whole Title 42 thing is we basically have the Supreme Court now forcing Biden to pretend he cares about the border. But doesn't it undermine all of their COVID public health initiatives if they're getting trying to get rid of a screening mechanism that's not there for any other reason but disease? Isn't Biden kind of contradicting his own COVID message? Oh, yeah. But I mean, that's that's par for the course when it comes to the Biden administration. I've long said that they ought to hire Mr. Clean as their spokesperson because all they do is clean up the doublespeak that comes out of the administration as a whole. You have, on one hand, Mayorkas, who goes out there and just flat out lies and says the border's secure and I'm in charge of the border. And then Biden follows up with, we need to get rid of Title 42, but we need to keep the emergency declaration in place. Oh, and here's my borders are uh, the vice president of the United States. They don't know what's going on, but one thing that is consistent is they keep saying the quiet part out loud. They keep admitting in one way or another that there is a crisis at the border, Mm -hmm. and they can't tell us what they're doing to to stop the flow. And because it is actually a flow, you can't have 5 million people come across the border and describe it in any other way Mm -hmm. other than a flow of people or an invasion. Mm And so they say, well, we're taking steps to fix this. We're taking steps to uh, have enhanced enforcement proceedings, which really just means, oh, this is D.C. speak for. We're literally telling people, 
write down what you want your name to be on this little piece of paper. We'll give you, in turn, another piece of paper that says you show up for a court date in seven years. Oh, and here's a bus ticket or a plane ticket to anywhere in the United States you want to go. That is their way of catching and releasing into the United States. But amid, amid all the, the, the fancy lingo and all the nonsense, and, and of course you hit on the, the Border Patrol agents, the Mounted Patrol, that in the end did nothing wrong, mm-hmm. which we all knew it was all political. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the end, this administration has done nothing but promote an open border policy. They have done nothing to stem the tide. They have done nothing but pull agents off the line to babysit and process uh, these illegals. They have done nothing but encourage the over 151 nations of which we are seeing people come from Mm -hmm. at the southwest border. And now they're saying we have to get rid of Title 42, that it is an inhumane policy. But by the way, we have to keep boosting and vaccinating because there is still a public health crisis at play here. Keep in mind, at the border, they don't test for COVID. You can get a vaccine. It's voluntary. Mm-hmm. You don't have to test for COVID. They only check you for lice or scabies, and that is actually what's going on down there at the border. Wow. It's a racket, and it ends as soon as Republicans take the House. Thank you, Kat Kamek. That's the point. We want, you know, that we all went out and voted uh, because we <laughs> wanted to end these abuses so you got to yeah. tell those other dirtbags in D.C. not to pass a spending bill while we don't have that control uh, because I feel like it defeated the whole point. I think it sends the wrong message, man. But are you kind of getting this feeling now, right? Because I talk, you, I know you're tight with my boy Byron Donalds, okay? And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, BD is the best. And, um, you know, he's kind of in a position you're in where he's only down in that swamp a few years now but his getting his eyes open to just how swampy it is and that most people down there are, are a member of like a uniparty. It's not a Republican yeah. and a Democrat thing. Um, how prevalent is it? Is that like a big thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've said for for a long time, there it's not Republican versus Democrat. In Washington, D.C., it's the party of big government versus the party of little government. <laughs> and nine times out of ten, people want to sign up for the big government party because – With big government, you grow the size of government, you create new programs, you spend more money, and then you make people dependent on these programs and functions that big government provides. And no one's ever going to vote against their own pocketbook. They're never going to vote against their own self-interest. And so if their light bill and their food and their housing and their child tax credits and all these things are are coming from big government, right, they're never going to say, no, I don't want those people in charge. Whereas the little people, the little little people, the little government people, mm-hmm. they say, we believe in self-determination. We believe in individual liberty and religious freedom and all these things in this wild, crazy experiment where no matter who you are and where you come from, you can do anything as long as we limit the size and scope of government. I basically say in my millennial way, mm-hmm. you know, you can keep your dreams big only if you keep your government small. And that – is very scary for some people, particularly in the snowflake society that we live in. Mm -hmm. So when you look at what this power dynamic is in Washington, it's are we really fighting for the constitutional rights and the republic as we know it? Are we defending the republic that has given us this crazy wild experiment in freedom? Or are we continuing to, quote unquote, provide for the defense of people and save them from themselves, which is 
what you see a lot of people that are moderates that kind of say, you know, I like this big government thing. I like this whole thing where we, we tell people how to live their lives and, you know, they don't have to think too hard about it. Mm-hmm. That's really what we're up against. You talk about the culture wars. This is so high, much higher than that, and it's so far beyond just the R's versus the D's. That's why we need to be pushing for the small government advocates, the patriots that are saying, no, I think I can make decisions for myself and my family better than some swamp creature in a basement in Washington. Oh, it's so... And that's very scary for some people. Oh, totally. But it's... Yeah. that's what we're up against. It's crazy, man, because they really are, like, eroding everyone's self-reliance. Like, you know, yeah. it, it's it's funny to think because it's like, if you remember, like, Obama actually ran. I was a cab driver back then, but I remember his slogan was, yes, we can. And mm-hmm. he couldn't run on that in this Democratic Party. They'd be like, check your privilege, half-white guy. What do you mean, yes, we can? Easy for you to say. And it's just crazy because you know what it is? It's like. They're really denying people like the pride of ownership in like personal that comes with personal accomplishments, like doing something good for yourself. Like that stuff does matter. Like I'm an amateur psychologist because when people get in your cab, they use you as like affordable therapy. And you know, it's so funny, Kat, like people get in and they just assume they're never going to see you again. So they dish all about their love life and then you see them again and it's really awkward. You know, you're like, well, awkward Awkward turtle. Look look who's back uh, without the Viking helmet this time, but it's still nice to see you, lover boy. Uh, Weird stuff going on, Cat. I've seen some things in my old yellow cab. Uh, now's no time for that. Um, are the Kamek's going to have a rowdy Christmas, I hope? Listen, the Kamek's are one big dysfunctional family. Um, we are kind of scattered all over the place this year. Mm-hmm. I actually am going to be spending it with the troops overseas. Oh, you're the best. Um, my husband, who you know is a firefighter, mm-hmm. he is pulling double, triple overtimes at the shift to help some of the firefighters who just had babies. Mm-hmm. And so I could think of no better way to keep up with him than to go and spend Christmas with the troops. I so. mean, that is so wonderful and endearing. Um, and the fanciest way I've ever heard someone say they're going to be doing keg stands in uh, the other side of the world. But I'm fine with it. Listen. Don't, you can't tell my secrets like that. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't be sharing my secrets, Jimmy. <laughs> Cat Kamek, it, will be, it would be an honor to hold your ankles uh, at one of these military uh, visits, as you're calling them on the air. Uh, but you're the greatest. Oh, Lord. Merry Christmas, girlfriend. <laughs> this is why we don't have nice things, Jimmy. Thank, exactly why. Uh, Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Get my best of the troops, all right, girlfriend? I will. Merry Christmas to you and everybody listening. Happy New Year and keep the faith. Let's get him. There she goes. The great Kat Kamek. God love her. Uh, listen, man, I love talking to Kat because she tells you the truth. There is one party in D.C. Okay. The majority of what's in D.C., they want to spend money. They want you to be reliant on them because if you're reliant on them for your basic everyday needs, then they can be reliant on you when it comes time to vote. But does your quality of life get any better by relying on the government? The answer would be no. No, everything they do gets screwed up. I mean, we're not breaking any ground in saying this. There was a guy all the way back in 1980 who ran for president on this very thing. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. It's the show that helps you assemble your presence. No, 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 you're doing it all wrong. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know Biden, Kamala, and Saki, and Fauci. All of their guidance 
Jesus has left people grouchy. But do you recall the most famous mandate of all? Rudolph the unvaxxed reindeer had a very shiny nose. Some people say that COVID is the reason that it glows. All of the other reindeers used to laugh at Fauci's claims. Then Biden passed a mandate. Now they can't play reindeer games. They got fired on Christmas Eve. Santa had no sleigh. Rudolph tried to save the night, but the sleigh would not take flight. Then how the children woke up with no gifts under the tree. Rudolph the unvaxxed reindeer got screwed by the CDC. Thanks for ruining Christmas, Joe. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And yes, as the White House is ramping up the push for boosters and they're talking about bringing back mask mandates. We're down at the southern border right now. Okay, the White House is going to issue a statement today at 5 p.m. Eastern time in regard to the Supreme Court's ruling that they must continue to enforce Title 42. Title 42 is something that's nearly uh, 100 years old, uh, and it's been in place as a screening mechanism and get, you know, against communicable diseases, something that the Trump administration didn't create but enforced during the time of COVID. Well, right now, when we're supposed to believe we're still in the middle of the pandemic, it's a health emergency. They don't want to screen people for health issues at the southern border, which means if they're not concerned there, they're not concerned anywhere else. So don't fall for this crap and live your life in fear because these people are just trying to get over on you, but they don't see how ridiculous they sound. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just they're not respecting our country the way they used to. I agree with what he said. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.